Hey, hi, how you doing? Today is, how did it become December 2nd, 2021? This is the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. His name is Alex. My name is Frank. It's been a little while, my friend, uh, and there's shit going on everywhere. There is. Glad to be back. It's been too long, Frank. Way too long. Since we've last spoke, there is a new uh, variant. There may be a new one by the next time we speak. <laughs> uh, baseball players have been locked out of their organizations. The CIA uh, has sex crime traffickers with children. There's a school shooting. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, a lot. I got to see you in person this past week. That was beautiful. Frank came and uh, surprised me on the eve of my 30th birthday. I was uh, well into a food coma, laying on my couch, and about 10.30 p.m., a ring upon my doorbell did a core, and I looked through the tinted glass, and I saw the face of a very, I'm just going to say it, sexy Italian-Mexican man mm-hmm. staring back at me. And then it took me about a second, and I realized it was my brother, Franklin Huerta, and it was amazing, man. We, he came in town. Thank you again for coming in town, bro. That was awesome for you to do that. And we got to witness the Michigan Wolverines. I don't want to say fuck up, but kind of fuck up the Ohio State Buckeyes. And that felt really good. It was glorious. And I called it, first of all. I called it beginning of November on this podcast. So throwing that out there. So nice, man. It's so nice to see. <laughs> it is, dude. I, I was in shock. I think we both were after they after won. After just... years of abuse. <laughs> dude just years and years of abuse at the hands of uh, Ohio State Buckeyes they finally pulled through final score 42 to 27 yeah I want to say it wasn't close it was close they beat them the whole game the whole game they beat them Mm -hmm. it was never they were never down and it was they played great football four quarters of great football it was tremendous because you never see it you know like even with hardball something goes wrong you play Michigan State Mm -hmm. and somebody blocks a punt for a touchdown or you know just something. I know you were, and I definitely was expecting heartbreak. My emotions were so subdued oh, yeah. through through previous traumas that I almost couldn't enjoy the win that day. But I did. <laughs> but I did. And I would like to say on the record that I am the most tan person in all of Warrensville, Illinois. <laughs> yeah, and we were like sitting there looking back and forth, like giving each other the look like, holy shit. Holy, like, this looks like a complete football game. Like, in somewhere in the third quarter, I'm like, whoa, we're not doing what Michigan normally does. And and I kind of, at the beginning of the game, like, we came out swinging, drove right down the fucking field. Great drive, touchdown. And next possession, I, I think it was like a real quick three and out, punting us the ball. We went right back on, and we were down to, like, the 15-yard line and threw a pick. And I'm just like, here we go. Yep. Had all the momentum in the world, and here yep. we fucking go. And, dude, from that point on, it was just... That was like really the only mistake I can point to in the whole game for Michigan. It was our only blemish. Yeah, we just kept fighting, and Ohio State kept playing. And I got to give it their quarterback C.J. Stroud. He is a beast. He's going to be an NFL quarterback for sure. He hits. He hit every open receiver, even when it was like hurling snow. He's great. But every time Ohio Whatever. State did something, any big play, Michigan answered, and we were the aggressor the whole game we were way more physical and it 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 showed man ohio state is a finesse team like harbaugh made it clear to see for everyone in college football they're a finesse team and they got out toughened uh and just overwhelmed and i just (laughs) i can't believe it man but yeah i was one in the trenches for sure man they 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 beat him up up front and that is as a football fan what you fucking love to see i mean Yeah, spread them out, throw the ball downfield. That's awesome. Do that for sure. But when you can play four quarters of tough, hard-nosed football mm-hmm. and beat the other team down into submission, there's nothing like it, man. There's nothing like it. Patrick uh, Patrick Davison, he's been on the, the mm-hmm. news hour before. Uh, he said it right around the third quarter. He goes, I think Michigan needs to score on every possession that they get in order for this to be like a safe win. And, and they did almost, almost just that, but mm-hmm. um, it was great. It was tremendous. And I think more than just like getting the monkey off the back and we beat Ohio State and this, that, and the other, I think it gives them some, some belief going forward. Like, fuck, dude, we beat Ohio State. Who else, you know? can stand in our way. Uh, if they continue to play football the way they played last Saturday, um, they have a serious, legitimate shot at winning the whole thing. So They do, yeah. They, so this weekend they play Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. Uh, that is Saturday evening. 
right now we're at number two in the country in both the AP and like the college football playoff rankings. Very interested to see how it shakes up because this weekend Georgia and Alabama play each other and Georgia's one, Alabama's three. If, if most people are favoring Georgia in that game, if they win, it looks like the top four would be Georgia at one, Michigan at two, Cincinnati probably at three, and Oklahoma State at four. If Bama wins, I don't know what happens because Georgia would lose. I would think that Bama beating the number one team in the country would make them leapfrog Michigan to one. So then you'd have Alabama one, Michigan two, I think Cincy three because they're still undefeated, and then Georgia four. Maybe. But I don't know if they would do that because then you would just see a rematch of Georgia-Bama and then Michigan, Oklahoma, or Michigan and uh, Cincinnati. So I really don't know what's going to happen. These games this weekend are going to be tough, tough, tough championship games. I'm really excited. Is there, a, is there a Big 12 championship game? Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's Oklahoma State and Baylor. Baylor's nine in the country? Yeah, they're, they're, they're up there. So Baylor right wins, and, and then Cincinnati win, beats Houston, maybe, right? Um, and Bama loses, then, I mean, theoretically, you could see Notre Dame squeak in there. At number six, because Ohio State doesn't really have a chance unless Michigan no. loses to Iowa. I've seen a lot of people talking on sports radio, at least in the Chicago area, saying that they don't think Notre Dame would get into the playoff anyway because since Cincinnati beat them and they're ahead of them and undefeated, they would be placed ahead of Notre Dame. But then also, Notre Dame is, they're considering in the eyes of like the panel of college football playoff people, they're not the same team because Brian Kelly this last week left them to become the coach at uh, uh, LSU. So there's a lot of sports writers around here are saying that that would actually negatively affect them, which I think is really interesting. Not just based off work. I think it's dumb. If anything, <sighs> it would it would strengthen that team. Are you kidding me? You have your coach leave you the week before the yeah. conference championships and you're number six in the country for LSU, a team that sucks right now? Yeah, dude. Nothing nothing would piss me off more. Nothing would motivate me more. Now, I do think that's the best move Brian Kelly could have made. Like I think Maybe. that's a LSU is a smarter place to coach football at than Notre Dame in my opinion. Maybe. Notre Dame is not the team they were 30, 40 years ago. Like Notre uh, Dame They're almost there. They're you almost think? there. I don't know, man. Dude, three, I'm, I'm looking three playoff appearances, one national championship appearance. I mean, come on. They didn't win it, but But I'm saying in every single one of those appearances they were blown out and embarrassed on national tv by real football teams yeah we'll see i mean i don't know it's <laughs> it's yeah i don't know it's sec right and that's uh spoil of riches there when it, when it comes to college football but you know it's like uh like cliff kingsbury leaving uh not not cliff kingsbury but uh lincoln riley yeah i mean he just went to usc i guess whatever Oklahoma to USC, Notre Dame to LSU. How much better does it really get? I don't know. I'm not a coach in the, in, in the NCAA. But the last three LSU coaches have all won national championships, though, Frank. When's the last time Notre Dame won a national championship? I think Lou Holtz was the coach. I think it was when Rudy was on the team. <laughs> yeah, right. That's So I, I think for him, that's the best movie. He goes from an independent team that has weird rules and, and always kind of gets the, sh you know, they're always ranked high in the preseason, but mm -hmm. I feel like they're always kind of, their strength of schedule is always pretty relatively weak. So he, he leaves that, goes to the best conference in the entire country with a community that, I mean, Notre Dame fans love Notre Dame, but I mean, Louisiana football is like a thing of its own. The way they recruit, man, they keep all their yeah. top recruits in the state. So I, I think for him, that's a great move. I think what really is surprising to me more with him, because they still have a shot to, maybe get into this Final Four. So to me, that's more surprising that he would leave. Lincoln Riley leaving now when he's leaving makes sense because they're done. They lost to Oklahoma State this past weekend. Like, that knocked them out of the playoff. Good mm -hmm. riddance. I guess he had other frustrations. And, dude, the, the package that he got to go and play football there is insane. Like, not only— Coach football. It's rumored that his contract's like $110 million, um, but USC is buying both of his homes in Norman, Oklahoma for half a million over the asking price on each of them. So that's a million dollar bonus right there. <laughs> They're also buying him a $6 million home in LA. And he has been granted unlimited use of the private jet for 24 seven access uh, with him and his family. So it's like, he's set for the rest of his life. Doesn't have to worry about anything else. Like it's a no brainer. Uh, yeah. That's, that's an easy call. And USC, I mean, Oklahoma's a, a great, Great school, great history, but USC is, I mean, arguably as good, if not better. So I, I think it's a good move, and you're in Southern California.
yeah, a lot going on, man. A lot going on. And and also the MLB lockout. That happened last night. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about this. You know, there's really not much to say other than the uh, collective bargaining agreement was set to end um, this year and they didn't come up with an agreement. And so they have locked out the players uh, and ceased all operations. This is like... Uh, I don't know how you would say, like if you ever seen a uh, a strike before, right? The the players aren't necessarily striking. It's like the other way around, where the the owners are the ones that are are putting the pressure on the players' union, basically saying, "All right, well, if we can't come to an agreement, then we are going to cease all operations. Nobody's going to get paid um, until we get an agreement." So it's just they're just playing their card, is what it is, and it sucks because the players are the ones that are affected. Um, but it's weird, man. Cause it like, it, it stretches its fingers to basically everywhere the MLB is like MLB.com is not operational right now. Anybody paid as an analyst or a pundit for MLB is not getting paid. Wow. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's all of, it's the entire organization. So think about what the MLB is. It's hard, it's hard to think about it, right? It's everything that baseball touches. Mm-hmm. Basically, so the the players' association is obviously going to come out and say this is something that didn't need to happen. It's not fair to the players. It's the owners, you know, overplaying their hand. And the commissioner Rob Manfred is saying, "Oh no, it's pretty necessary." If they were to just go along with the players' association's vision for the league, it would quote threaten the ability of most teams to be competitive. So it looks like there's a lot of things that they have to go and figure out, and they will. And we'll probably see some baseball come February when pitchers and catchers report. I will remind you, though, that the last time this happened um, was in 1994. And this happened, that strike happened in the middle of the season. Had it not been for that strike, a one Anthony Gwynn, who was batting 394 at the time, had a very, very serious chance at becoming uh, the last player since Ted Williams to hit 400 in the season. And he, he that'll never happen. Or it never happened for Tony Gwynn because they had a strike uh, shortened season. They didn't play the World Series that year. And his uh, batting average in the record books for the year of 1994 will go down as 394. There's a delicious beer brewed by Al Smith uh, called 394 to commemorate That's funny. that wow. very... Uh, achievement. So yeah. My question to you as a baseball man was why like these last couple of days did we see so many moves in the MLB world like pre-lockout? Because like they don't even know if there's going to be a season. So why are you rushing to sign all these people before a negotiations met? Yeah. I mean, I, I think they do think there's going to be a season. Okay. But given that there was going to be a lockout more than likely, then they wanted to get this stuff done and settled before a new collective bargaining agreement occurred so that whatever they agreed upon now can get grandfathered in before this new agreement. Because up until 9 p.m. last night, the entirety of MLB was operating under the old rules of the collective bargaining agreement. Mm -hmm. Then when they come up with the new one, anybody signed after the new one is signed, then they'll have to adhere to those rules and whatever, you know. So, oh, so basically grandfathered. getting paid today is better than getting paid tomorrow in, in their eyes. But then like, so Stroman, who just signed to the Cubs, Baez to the Tigers... Do they not collect a paycheck until this agreement's reached, or are they on? They're on payroll now. They keep getting paid now. No, um, nobody's collecting a paycheck. Oh, but okay. it just depends on how their contract is structured. I don't know that because they were free agents. I don't think that any of their previous teams owed them any money. Okay. So it would be whoever the team is that signed them that would be responsible for paying them. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense that you would want to get a deal signed. And it, there's players that probably uh, uh, gain to lose. Uh, because of this new agreement uh, uh, without getting a contract signed. So, and, and, you know, organizations too, there's still some, a, a sense of ambiguity as to what the heck is going to happen anyways. And so it, depending on whatever the two sides uh, agree on could be, could be worse that they didn't sign the players that they wanted to sign. And, and so rather get it done 
now and then not have to wait yeah. for the uncertainty of the future. How are you feeling about your Padres this year? Have they made any good moves in the offseason? <sighs> they made a couple weird moves. They bought they got a pitcher from Japan who was pitching pretty well over there. They re-signed a couple of uh, relievers that I wasn't super hot on. They traded Adam Frazier, who they got at the trade deadline last year. There was no room for him in, in the in the uh, lineup, so they got a couple of prospects from the Seattle Mariners. You still got the Swirling Darvish? Oh, yeah. They nice. have the Whirling Darvish. Uh <laughs> They're, they're going to um, get Mike Clevenger back uh, this year. So their rotation is going to be solid. If, if they cannot take a big, fat, steaming dump in the middle of the season, forget how to hit a baseball, they should be in good shape. <laughs> that's good. All right. That's enough sports. We... Uh... There's a lot more important things going on than sports. Sports. Yeah, there's a new uh, there's a new variant, Al. Did you hear about this? Terrified, Frank. I'm so scared. I'm shaking, bro. <laughs> I'm going to let you in on a, on, a, on a little secret here. There's always going to be a new variant. Sure. This will never go away, and there will be continued mutations of this disease for as long as we live. That's for sure. I want to read from you something from uh, Dr. Angelique Coetzee. You want to read from me? Uh, I'll read to you. Excuse me. Oh, okay. Okay. Read to you from uh, this uh, Dr. Angelique. Mm. She's a 30-plus-year uh, tenured doctor in South Africa, and she's the one who believes she found the new strain of the virus, right, as COVID-19 patients at her private practice were exhibiting some strange symptoms. She said, quote, their symptoms were so different and so mild from those I had treated before. And then she goes on to say that it presents a mild disease with symptoms being sore muscles and tiredness for a day or two, uh, not feeling well for a day or two. Um, and so far they've detected those infected do not suffer the loss of taste or smell. So good for them. Uh, they might have a slight cough. There are no prominent symptoms of those infected. Some are currently being treated at home. And then she goes on to say, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but she says basically, yeah, the symptoms are really mild. I don't know why we're all freaking out. This is the person that discovered the variant, but that's all you hear about is a new variant. Nobody's talking about how dangerous it is. If it's dangerous at all, it's just a new variant. And like immediately the new variant, just boom. It just like clicks in people's minds. Like, oh fuck, mm -hmm. there's a new variant. Let's freak out. Let's ban travel. The United States did. They banned travel from, from certain countries as a precaution to this new variant. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah, and it's different from like when Trump did it. Because that was like when COVID was, that was COVID. That was the first COVID. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I've seen some people point to that Trump did the same thing. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's when it was like very, very, very unknown. Like yeah, this we one didn't know is shit a new that's variant. going on. Yeah, and this you one's know? a new variant. But like as you're describing it from the person that discovered it, it is not that severe. So why is this in every single news network all over my phone? Every time I go to Apple News, top of the list, new variant, Omicron, Omicron. It's like, dude, chill. <laughs> I believe it's pronounced Omicron. Omicron, yeah. What a, it just sounds like a transformer to me. And they skipped, um, they skipped the uh, Greek letter Chi, which is spelled X I. You want to take a guess? You want to take a stab of the dark at why they did that? China. Yeah. 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 It's because President Xi spells his name as the letter Greek uh, letter Chi, and they didn't. They, 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 this is the CDC. They were like, yeah, it's too close to home. Yeah, we're not <laughs> fucking with that one. <laughs> so that's great. That's fun, man. I, Chairman, I don't Chairman just, Cheese bat fever is uh, how I'm calling it. It just looks like more fear-based journalism to me, man. Without That's all it is, man. Details. I see a lot of things on social media. I don't know how much truth there is to this, but saying that it's trying to uh, distract us from what's going on in the world, namely the 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 trial of Ghislaine Maxwell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's just throw out a new variant out there and scare the shit out of everybody. But it, I mean, look, yeah, you gotta take it seriously, right? Because it's a disease and whatever but like fuck you know how long how long are we gonna continue to participate in this theater because if we can't look at this and say all right well it is a new variant yes one but two what does it do well we don't know okay great are we going to monitor the situation like rational no 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 here's what we're going to do we're going to uh cancel all elective surgeries in the entire state of new york oh really why is that i don't know we're going to ban travel from certain places why is that oh we don't know an abundance of caution 
safety. It's so ridiculous. And if this continues to happen, then I, I can't even think of a time where we're going to, we're going to say, yeah, you know, it's, it's fine to take the masks off. You know, I was at, I was in Illinois this week. We went to the gym a couple times and people were working out with their masks on. It was so interesting to me because California is a very, very strict compliance area for COVID regulations, right? I think San Diego is the only county in California that doesn't have a mask mandate. But even then, like we don't have to wear masks when we work out and you couldn't, point to me one person who's going to be able to give me some sort of good explanation as to why people are doing that. Cause there isn't one, but you continue to put out stories like this and, and take such drastic measures for something that on the surface, it isn't that dangerous at all. And we're just going to continue to live in this stupid fucked up clown world. And it's very, very frustrating, man. That's a perfect way to put it. Fucked up clown world. Because to me, man, it's like I, I've gone, like looked at, at stats between different states and then like by population. And we were talking about this this weekend. Like if you compare Ohio and Illinois, we have, you know, cases and deaths. You compare these two stats. Ohio has barely worn masks this entire time. Illinois has been wearing masks this in, like since COVID started damn near. There's a couple month grace period. If you compare deaths and cases, it's pretty much the exact same between the two states. So like mm -hmm. what, like that shows you right there. Like, what are we doing here? Like, this is just, these literally are, there's probably like a medical benefit maybe, but it doesn't really seem to be like showing up in the stats. And then it's, it's almost like you're just trying to make these scared people feel more safe, not much backing behind it. I, I don't know. Like you hear Fossey flip on it 15 times a year on, on what the hell <laughs> is right and wrong. Yeah. But you can't question him because he is science. Apparently. That's a direct quote from Anthony Fauci. Is it really? I swear to God. He said, no. if you go against Anthony Fauci, you go against science because I represent science. That was a direct quote. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow is right. It's absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Like you said, that guy, that guy hasn't had a consistent message for more than like two or three months. Right. About anything. And you know what his first message was? People, I don't know if we forget this or we just decide to be ignorant about it. His first message when it came to COVID safety was that masks are wholly inadequate as a form of, of uh, uh, safety or protection against this, this uh, disease. If, at, if it, at best, it helps with the transmission of the disease as you're transmitting it, not you getting it, but only right. slightly. His words were that it was useless. Well, and the way that most people use it is it makes it useless, man. People have it Absolutely. down under their nose, off their mouth. Like, or they wear it 20 times, like you're like those little like blue, like, like paper ones. You wear them 20 times in a row. Who's that helping? Yeah. yeah. Nobody. It's not helping anybody. But it's like you said, it's like that little fucking security blanket. So, you know, we put this on real quick. I feel safe. Yeah. And the worst is when I hear kids saying, I, I was listening to a podcast a couple of days ago and they were saying about, about the, the, the kids wanted to wear um, the mask, even if it were indoors because it made them or outdoors because it made them feel safe. I, I'll be the first to admit that my generation is full of just the, the worst kind of people. Pussies, <laughs> for lack of a better word. <laughs> Do you, you think we're, we're developing stronger humans? Uh, By doing this to them? So. I mean, come on, man. We're just, we're so soft. We're so soft. How do we get so soft, man? doesn't make any sense to me. We're an accepting nation. We're a loving nation. Uh, I suppose. Everything's perfect. We love shit. That's what we love. Speaking of that uh, Maxwell case, though, did you see that uh, his pilot, Epstein's pilot, went on the stand and, and name-dropped a bunch of people? Oh, yeah. Dude, there were some weird names in that. Bro, yeah. Paul Visaki, I think that's how you say it. Paul Visaki Jr. Uh, was his pilot for many years, from like 91 to 2019. Um, and he got put up on the stand, and he was talking about Kevin Spacey, Chris Tucker. Mm -hmm. Chris Tucker. <laughs> that was the one name that popped out to me. Yeah, Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump. Like, this dude, he was out there throwing some names around, man. I mean, like... Kevin Spacey, yeah, I can see that for sure. He's he's kind of a creep. Prince Andrew, we knew about him. Mm -hmm. uh, Donald Trump, shocker. Uh, Bill Clinton, shocker. Right, like obviously senators. There's a violinist, but Chris Tucker. Yeah, right. The hell's Chris Tucker doing over there? <laughs> that that was the 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 number one name that jumped out to me. Yeah. Oh shit. Chris Tucker. Yeah. But you know, I mean, um, Chris Tucker was a, a witness for the defense in the Michael Jackson. Child molestation trial. Oh, yeah, really? That's weird. Hmm. But yeah, 
I did see that. So he'll probably like mysteriously kill himself or be missing in about a week. <sighs> yeah, probably. Probably. Do you think anything will come from this case? Or she'll be declared innocent. So. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that she'll be declared innocent, but I don't think that we'll know. I don't know. Maybe, but I don't think we'll know anything groundbreaking. I don't think anybody goes down. Nobody yeah. ever goes down. She's probably the the sacrificial lamb of uh, of all this, and she'll probably spend the rest of her life in jail. And that's it. Wash our hands of it, and uh, on to the next. I suppose it's yeah. it's disheartening, you know, because uh, we're like conditioned for this shit now. Fucking a, dude. What are you gonna do? Speaking of jail, have you been keeping up with all this stuff going on with this Michigan shooting at the high school? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, the, uh, terrible crazy, stuff. I, I don't want to spend too much on this because it's it's. Nothing positive will come out of this. I, just kind of give you guys some of the facts here. Like it's, it is heartbreaking, man. A uh, 15 year old kid uh, named Ethan Crumbly basically brought to his school a semi-automatic pistol, a nine millimeter uh, SP 2022, open fired on the school, um, hit at least 11, and so far four people have died. Their names, the victims. I, I don't want to concentrate on this douchebag that did this, but the victims, the people that lost their lives, uh, were 16-year-old Tate Meyer, 17-year-old um, Madison Baldwin, 14-year-old Hannah St. Juliana, and 17-year-old Justin Schilling. Um, apparently, when all this was going down, you know, obviously teachers, students, they're all barricading into rooms, trying to protect themselves. Uh, and this Tate Meyer kid, who was a standout football player, apparently, basically, he he tried to charge and disarm the assailant and was hit in the in the midst of all this. Lost his life, like on the way to the hospital. He was getting rushed in a squad car. Um, looks like they're gonna they're talk they're in talks to rename the football field at um, Oxford High School, where this all went down uh, after him, which I think is a noble and a great idea. But th it's just a terrible tragedy, man. I, I, I don't really know what else to say about it. Three 15-round magazines found on the scene. He had fired a good amount of them. I think he had something like 18 rounds left or something, but he fired like at least 30 shots. And I get when the cops showed up, he just put his arms up and, and surrendered. Hmm. So I'm not really sure. They're looking into the motive. It looks like he had posted a lot of stuff online. The gun was bought by his dad like four days before this happened. And the school says this is unrelated, but a couple months ago, a, a deer head was thrown off the roof of the school. So hmm. just kind of weird. I don't know if he was involved or if that's totally separate, but um, still kind of developing. But we have lost, you know, four teenagers, man. And that's 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 just terrible. That's that's awful. Yeah, it's pretty fucked, dude. I don't know if you've guys uh, seen the picture of the, the kid who did this, but God bless, man. He's so young. I just looked at this picture. It's a little baby. Yeah, 15 years old. A little baby. Look at Pemmy. He's barely got hair on his nuts. And he's out here murdering people. I don't know, man. Um, there's people that are calling for the kid's parents to be, uh, to be, to be uh, charged with crimes. I don't know how or even if they could. But, like, yeah, dude, like, this one is on the parents for sure. It's on the parents. It was his dad's gun. Yeah, there were multiple signs. I mean, he even had a countdown timer for the shooting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, His wow. parents were at the school that morning. They were called into the school that morning to have a discussion with uh, administration about his behavior and they, nobody feared anything about him doing anything but he put out messages on social media saying you know hey get ready i think it was the name of the school was oxford yeah oxford high school and uh yeah man he he legit knew what he was doing the prosecution is saying yeah we know this is premeditated and we have a mountain of evidence so i don't know dude he, you could have a conversation about any one thing about why this happened or why it didn't my question is so uh, this stats from CNN. So I, I don't know how actual this is because I feel like I haven't heard that much about these this year. But from them, it says there have been 48 shootings this year on K through 12 campuses, 32 of them since August 1st. If that's a real stat, um, and just in general, just with the history of of school shootings, a place where you're not supposed to have a gun, why would anyone go there if they wanted to inflict havoc? I couldn't imagine why. How long until we have armed guards at schools? Like I, I don't understand how there is not some kind of basic security force to protect our kids, man. One, it creates jobs. Like that's that's just a supplemental thing. But like we should be protecting our kids from this kind of shit happening. This this stuff should not be happening apparently 48 times a year. Like, this is insane. Yeah, man. I think one of the, you nailed it, right? It, they, they uh, it, It's a safe place until somebody decides to break a rule or a law, right? right? 
and then it's not a safe place at all. I, I will say that, like, I'm not of the mind that a teacher should be holding a gun in a classroom. Like, I think that could lead to a lot of bad shit. But I do think that there should be some kind of security for us at our schools, like trained people that know how to use guns and know how to handle these these tactical situations. Maybe it's retired cops, retired military, like something. But like put these guys to work, man, and protect our kids because it's not that hard. A teacher, you know, with like a high school education or like with a education background in education probably doesn't have for a majority firearm training. So like I, I'm not, I, I guess, naive to think of that. There should be a gun in every classroom, like some people say. But on school grounds, there should be means to protect all the staff, all the kids, all everyone when something like this happens. Yeah, man. I mean, fuck. I, short of like getting everybody strapped up, you know? Yeah. Because you make a great point. It's these people aren't going there looking for a battle. They're looking for a slaughter. Yeah. So they have absolutely no interest in a fight. Like you said, the police came. Okay, I'm done. I've mm -hmm. done what I came to do. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, yeah, like, I don't, I don't like that argument. Like, oh, the, the, the best offense for a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Ah, okay, whatever. Sure. Fine. I hear you. It is preposterous to think about arming teachers. Yeah. It's a crazy step, but we're not getting rid of guns. Like it's not happening. It's not, it's not going to happen. I, it, the, it, it, it's constitutionally protected. So if you wanted to do something, you, you would have to change the constitution and you're not going to. And I don't think we should. But there needs to be a deterrent for this kind of behavior. Exactly. And I think th the best way that people like us can help is by not providing notoriety for the shooter themselves, highlighting stories of, of heroism. And yeah, man, like you said, let's, let's get some deterrence, you know? Let's figure out how we can make it so that this person, if they decide that they want to go through with this, has a very, very good chance of not surviving before they even start what they want to do. Right. And you don't think that if, if like a, a potential assailant knows that there's armed guards on the campus prepared to shoot to kill, that that number 48 doesn't go down by a lot. Like there's no way it doesn't, man. There's no way it doesn't. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I think you need to be 18 to own a gun, but I don't want a bunch of kids running around with guns, but you know, like Back in the day, people used to have shotguns in their cars and roll around. It was never an issue. You know, that's the thing. I, this was never an issue and guns used to be far more accessible. So why is it an issue now? Because it's not the guns and it's not the access to the guns. It's something far deeper than that. I think we don't pay enough attention to what it is that causes this type of uh, of of event to happen at a school when we just focus on, oh, it's the guns. Okay. Fine. I'll listen to what you have to say because obviously guns have something to do with it, but it's not the reason that this kid picked up his dad's nine millimeter and went to school and decided to murder people. That is something far different. And I don't know. How do you get to the crux? Like, how do you, how do you get to the middle of that? So what are you saying? Do you think it's like a, a mental health issue in the country that like these are happening more even that is like way too broad i fucking hate that word <laughs> mental health I, I hate it so much al because it's so broad it doesn't even define anything it's like oh their mental health is bad what the fuck does that even mean mm -hmm. what is wrong with this person because it's not their yeah i guess it's their mental health i guess but what is it oh they have anxiety well great why do they have anxiety what are they anxious about? What is it that's causing them anxiety? The obvious thing is social media right now, but that doesn't, that doesn't describe like Columbine in the nineties and stuff, but you know, I mean, I don't know if I had to make like a snap judgment of this person and, and that's what it, that's all it is. A snap judgment. I don't know anything about this person other than what I've been able to read, but he was probably uh, a loser or probably thought of himself as a loser. That's a better way to put it. He probably thought of himself very little and it seems it seems like it's a it seems like a twofold thing. Like in in order to come to the conclusion that you're going you are going to carry out uh, the execution of people that you don't know and that are innocent of whatever you're feeling has to come with such a personal degradation of what a human being is because you don't kill somebody that you see as your equal, yeah. right? Either you see them as less than you. But I, I don't even think that's the case here. I think this 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 kid saw them saw saw them as disposable beings, and not even as a human. And how do you get how do you get to that point? Well, you need to be taking in content that 
dehumanizes people on a regular basis. How, how, how could you do that? Well, you could look to video games. That's probably like the first place you could look to this kid play war games was killing and using a weapon, something that was so colloquial to this person that they couldn't differentiate between using it in real life and then in a video game. Um, and then another one, another huge one, pornography. I bet you dollars to donuts, this kid was super, super into pornography and like the weird, really fucked up type of pornography. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything that dehumanizes other people, particularly women, for young men and everybody in general more than porn. And I'm not here to, you know, be a, a super prude or stand on my high horse or anything. But but if you're, if you're really trying to dig down to it, I mean, if... Uh, porn and and violent video games and all that stuff for for a young undeveloped mind like yeah of course that's gonna cause serious serious issues especially if this kid doesn't have friends he's non-social and his parents from what it seems like are uh not the most careful people if he was able to access his dad's handgun right so i don't know man i don't think there's a good argument to be made for the weapon itself. It, it just, to me, seems like if it's constitutional right that we're going to have weapons and you're not aiming to change the Constitution, because any any measure you put forth, California is a perfect example of this, any measure you put forth to limit weapons or to limit ammo or to limit uh, accessories or whatever it is, California will put that measure in and then it'll become illegal. And then somebody will take this and they will fight it and it'll get to a court of appeals and a court of appeals will say, yeah, I think that's unconstitutional under the second amendment. Boom. And then automatically it's legal. And then it goes to the legal process again. And that goes to right. another appeals court and then that, and then it gets reinstated. And then for, you know, a six week period, this particular accessory for a gun was legal and now it's illegal, right? There's always going to be that fight because what you base all of this legality on for weapons is the constitution. That's just what we have to do. That's who we are as a country. So if you, you can look at that rationally and be like, well, I don't know, man, like attacking the guns isn't really the biggest issue. Plus we know that guns have never been less accessible than they are today. Um, and they were far more accessible from a legal standpoint back 20, 30, 40 years ago. So what is it that's causing people yeah. to go and shoot up a school? And just kind of looking as you're talking, like some of this information out here is backing up exactly what you're saying. Um, I just found this site. It's called everytownresearch.org. And this this is one of their things they did. They've only been doing this since 2013, so it doesn't go back, you know, 30, 40 years like we're saying. Uh, but I, I could only imagine that these numbers would be lower and lower as it goes. But it, it goes back to 2013. That's when they started this. And um, the CNN statistic I said, the 48 shootings, that was just K through 12. This is this looks at shootings from K through college, basically. This last year, in 2021, there were 144 incidents of gunfire on school grounds. 28 Whoa. deaths, 86 injuries. And if we go back to 2013, there was only 51 incidents. Mm. And as you go through the years, literally, so 2013, 51 incidents. 2014, 67. 2015, 66. 2016, 61. 2017, 70. 2018, 105, 2019, 130, 2020, 96, probably limited because schools and COVID and all that shit. And 2021, 144. So they're in pretty steadily increasing, you know, and I would love, I wish this was around in the sixties and seventies because I bet you it's way, way lower. Like you're saying. Of course. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's, I'm always going to go back to this, right? Because I, th this is my personal deep held belief that the longer we live in a godless society, the longer and more uh, more often things like this are going to happen, right? I think at the, at the very least, you can look at kids back in the 60s, 70s, or what have you. And maybe we weren't better people back then, because there were certainly atrocities that happened all over the place. As a matter of fact, violent crime, particularly in the 70s, was like at its highest up until like the past two years. So it's not like we were better people. I think if you look at the crime back then, it was more like one-on-one -on -one, or you had like a one-off like serial killer or something like that. It was like, it was like individual personal, uh, crime, right? As uh, right now it's, we see way more of this attitude that life doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Right. Or, or, you know, the, the, the things that are being uh, repeatedly put into, into children's heads are not the things that they used to be. Right. And it used to be that your family went to church every Sunday and that you were 
taking teachings that amplify the sanctity of life and that we were all one person under one God or what have you, right? Whether you want to believe in that or not, it, it, totally up to you. And, and, and it matters not to me. But if that's not going to be our focal message, if, if, if we're not going to uh, uh, figure out what it is that we're putting into all of our heads that is making us feel this way, then we're never going to figure out the situation in the first place. And I think there's just a whole lot of self-worship going on to where the only, the, the, the most important thing in a lot of our lives is ourselves. So what, I, what I'll say to you though there, Frank, is, and I don't want to get into a big argument about it. We're at the end here, maybe another episode, but like what is different from the idea of, of God and, and like, I, I understand the idea of like a God society puts the structure in your life to hopefully lead to better people and probably does like with, with the tenants that you put into your life. But like at the end of the day, you're being lied to by the people that you go and worship with every year, your priests every or every week, your priests, your, the Pope, all these people talking like God is, that's a lie. There's no proof of that. That is a lie. That is no different than CNN or whoever writing all these articles about COVID and we got to do this to save society. Like to me, that's like lies just to get across what you want. Maybe it's more justified in religion because it's like the tenets of life and how to be. Mm -hmm. But like in my head, I can't separate those things because you can't prove to me that there's God. You can't prove to me a lot of these things about COVID. Like it, it's when I hear you talk about COVID and then I hear you talk about God, sometimes it's like, man, it feels like it's contradictory. Your beliefs are there at least. You know what I mean? I, I'm not trying to argue with you here, but. No, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll you know, I'll buy. I'll bite. <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, dude, a hundred percent. Like I could go on about the, the proof of God's existence, but th th that's not necessarily my point. My point here is that if you are on a, on a regular or semi-regular basis exposed to teachings that tell you that you are not it, mm -hmm. there is something far bigger than you that is so much more powerful than anything that you could ever possibly control, that your submission to something greater than you is the most important part of your existence because without it, you will go down these paths, right? And the paths that are that are drawn out in uh, in the Bible and and, and and whatever teachings and, and, and it's most it's 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 most teachings in, in most religions. You could copy paste those paths. Mm-hmm to what we see now with this school shooting. And you could draw a direct line correlation like, well, it was right there. The teachings were right there. So whether, whether you believe in God or not, whether you think it's a lie or not, right? If you're going to decide, if we're going to decide as a society that we're going to go down this path and say, all right, hey, we've given it a try. It's been a couple thousand years. Thanks for everything. <laughs> but we're going to go our own separate path. Okay, fine. Great. I think that's been pretty well documented in human history as the wrong thing to do. But the premise of what you just described, that there's something bigger to you, is not provable. So like the premise of, of all religions, and How's even when we were reading... Just look at the sky. Just look up on a clear night. <laughs> How are you going to tell me that there's something bit not bigger than you? There probably are maybe beings that are bigger than us, but like you can't... This could all just be happens like this could all just be chance and evolution and just the result of millions and billions of years of just things of life of just everything so it's like oh, it could be but but i think that 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 exact thinking that that right there that is the crux of all of it because if all we are is a result of millions of years of evolution and we came from just this tiny little uh, amoeba and we've formed into what we are today and that's all it is and that's all it's ever been and that's all it's ever going to be well then what the fuck are we here for in the first place why am i why am i not out there right now just trying to live for myself and, and indulge in everything that is going to make me feel a, a minuscule amount of happiness in the moment that I'm living in. And that's the crux of my argument, man. You take the tenets of religion without all the other bullshit about God and heaven and all this other shit. And you just bring that into the education system. And like, these are the pillars that, of life. That's so what that the we Bible can is. All live into, I know, but the Bible is built on the lie that they're like on the 
chance of a lie that there is a God. When I ask you to prove me there's a God, you say, look at the sky. That's not really an argument though, man. Like that's, that's as good of an argument as, well, maybe it's all chance. So it's, it's like, it's a better argument than saying that it all happened on, on chance that one big bang gave us everything that we can mm. see in the night sky. Plus everything Disagree. that we now have the ability to look on past that through science. And you're saying it all happened because of chance because of a big bang. That to me sounds like so much more of a ridiculous theory than a, than a, a being, some omnipresent, non-understandable being <laughs> that has set this stuff in motion. How? Our, our present day science shows that the Big Bang and all this shit was, is somewhat at least provable. And it's there's nothing in religion that's provable at all. It's an idea. It's, an idea. it's look at well, the sky. Look at life. Look at look at watermelon. It's delicious. It's got to be a guy. It's like, come on, man. They're, you can look at the Big Bang and see, an, you can look in, in the sky with telescopes and see an expanding universe and and know that there is some truth to what all the smartest people of today are talking about and not people from thousands of years ago who were trying to describe, you know, what a volcano was or why people like all these different things. Like I, it's just, I think there's so much more proof for the other side of that argument. And if we just take the tenets of religion, cause there's good shit there. I'm not saying there's not good shit there, but I think it's built on lies. So it's like, if you, if, if we just take the shit, that's the truth and like, be good to your neighbor. Treat others like you want to be treated. Let's build a society where, where we can have all this shit and you don't have to like set it up on these false pretenses, man. I, I don't know. It's It just never will make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, we could do a whole show and I could, <laughs> I could try and prove to you the existence of God through, uh, through all sorts of avenues. That's not my goal. I don't want to convert anybody. I am not an evangelist. Uh, I just, I, I do think that um, if at the very least I have a very deep respect and reverence for the teachings of the Bible. I do not have a very deep and uh, deep respect and reverence for institutionalized religions. And I think when you juxtapose, juxtapose those two things, it's very easy to become jaded towards the idea of God, because I think the idea of God has been so polluted uh, through organizational institutional religion that has become a very isolated and siloed thing, right? Like you were saying, like, if you don't believe in Jesus as your savior, then you're going to hell. Well, yeah, that's where you lose millions, present party included, right? Like you, you don't need to be, you don't need to take in Jesus Christ as your savior in order to be a good person. You don't need to go to church to be a good person. I think what I'm saying is that the framework has been laid out. And if we as individuals can have the ability to see through the bullshit, do like you say, and take the, the, the teachings and, and, and the, the universal truths that have been time tested and extract those out of the Bible and not attach them to something like a God, well, then who are you attaching them to? I would say the good of humanity. Yeah. The good yeah, of our okay, race well then, to survive. Then, then, then you get self-worship and then you get what we have now because then we become the most important thing. And if we are the most important thing and we are the ones that we're worshiping and we're the ones that we're focused on, we're never going to get past ourselves. But how are we not the most important thing and something that is not provable is like that's that's living your whole life on bullshit. That's not real. What's real that's is we're here. All that is all that you just described is humility. But you can have humility without God. You don't need God to have humility. What's real is we're here. Our world's real. Our problems are real. All this shit is, is something that affects us every single day. And if we can come together, build a society that doesn't, isn't so divisive with, do you believe in Jesus or do you believe in Muhammad and, da, 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 and you navigate all this bullshit to what's actual real and, and think like things that are poverty, education, all these things that are real. And we could change if we could just like work together. Mm -hmm. You, you teach the fundamental truths of treat your neighbor like yourself and all these things at the beginning. I don't think you need a higher entity to like still live a good Maybe life. You don't. Maybe I really you don't. don't think but where you did do. you get your values? I know you're right. I, I totally agree. You are totally right there. But I know there's plenty of people I know that have no religious background that are great people, better people than me. And there's plenty of asshole douchebags I know that are religious. So it's like that. That's not that argument doesn't stand up. But the idea that you can get a lot of great tenants from religion, I 100 percent agree. Do not disagree with you. I think our, our world needs to separate from religions and work towards making this place an actual better place.
Yeah. And I think, I think the only way you could do that is, is to, uh, release of yourself, yourself and, and do, do not put your faith solely in yourself. I, I feel like you will, uh, but that sounds like right. putting your faith in the government, Frank, that's the same thing. Hey, I'm going to take the vaccine, get all the shots, wear my mask everywhere. Cause it's not about me. It's about my government. And it's yeah, about, but you're putting yourself in but, but that's putting trust in another person. I'm not saying putting trust in somebody else and in, into another person, putting trust in God to whatever it is that you can submit yourself to that is, is going to allow you to recognize that there is a part of you that does not have any control over anything at all. And that you must live under the submission of that. So you want to call it faith, fate. You want to call it whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, I, it doesn't matter to me. And, and like I said, I'm not here to convert anybody. No, I don't yeah, go yeah. to church. It's not my, you know, it's not my jam. It's not no, it. Totally. Uh, but, but, you know, in my growing up, if you will, in the, at least in the past couple years, looking at the texts of the Bible from a purely moralistic standpoint, um, I see absolutely no better roadmap towards humanity being what it could be than, than those teachings. And I'm, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not here to convert anybody. I have not read the Quran. I'm not up to snuff on what it means to be uh, Jewish or any other religion that you might, uh, that you might follow, but I can't not look at current events, America specifically, and not tie that directly to the fact that we have left God behind. Because we have, yeah. as a society on the whole, we have. But when God was everything, like you had the medieval ages and you had Christians and, and Muslims fighting for the Holy Land. True. Nonstop. Yeah. All Zealots. because of religion. I don't agree with it at all. But religion is not God. Yeah. It's religion based on is not God. God. They're all based on God. Religion is, is not God. Religion it is, is, though. is a man-made thing and it will forever be tainted because it is man-made. What is God then? That's man-made. In our heads, it surely is not. I mean, by just by proxy of it, of, of of what it is. However, you believe in a higher power, right? That belief in you is is divinely inspired. It's not something that you just clicked. In, like, oh, I'm just going to believe in God today. I'm going to believe that uh, there is something uh, higher than myself. And you know, no, like, no, like this is uh, to me. I believe this is inherent in in in, in who we are. It, you don't need, there's a ludicrous song and I can't remember it right now, but <laughs> at the end of it, he has this pastor come on and he, and he talks and he has this big, long monologue and he's talking and it's all great. And at the end of it, he says, we need to stop getting wrapped up in religion, but start getting wrapped up in relationship with God. If you can understand what that means to you, then I think you'll understand what I'm saying. Sure. That could be a whole nother episode and I would love for it to it sure be. Can be. <laughs> it sure can be. I'm drinking uh, gun barrel coffee out of my uh, newly minted Friendship News Hour mug, Ooh. courtesy of... Your BHA. <laughs> Soon to be for sale. Uh, mm -hmm. More details to come. Uh, in the meantime, go check out our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee. They are proud to donate $1 from every single item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our country. All kinds of blends and roasts. They offer 14 different uh, ones that you can get in whole bean, ground, or single serve pods. And right now, as a friend of our ship, you can use the promo code FNH10 to save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. That is promo code FNH10, Gun Barrel Coffee, damn good coffee, damn good cause. You betcha. Uh, if you'd like to speak with us about anything, anything, uh, go ahead and shoot us uh, a message. Drop us a line uh, on Twitter at FriendshipNH, on Instagram, and on TikTok at FriendshipNewsHour. And uh, you can send us an email. The address is bummerdude.media at gmail.com. That is bummerdude.media at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time.